My name is Kayla Omadayo. And my name is Teresa Corbin. And this is the Islamwich Podcast. You are listening to the Islamwich Podcast, where we discuss all things Muslim, all things American, and everything in between. So we are going to talk about something that is definitely pressing in the moment, but it's also kind of like an ongoing chronic problem. And that is, oh my goodness, there's been a terrible tragedy in some part of the world and everyone should be extremely hurt and everyone should pray for them. And we should all change our Facebook profile pictures to like having a flag overlay or something. And we should all talk about what a big tragedy it is. But there's this kind of crazy thing that happens where it's like, oh goodness, Paris happened. And then like, for example, this past week, oh goodness, Brussels happened. And I mean, that's kind of a problem because why? Well, because there was also like two attacks in the country of Turkey, for example, in Istanbul and in Ankara. And there was like no, nothing, nothing was even mentioned. Or I think it was yesterday or the day before there was an attack on Lahore at a park and they killed kids and women. And do we need to say this, Teresa? I feel like we need to go ahead and just preface this with, no, terrorists who claim to be part of ISIS or Daesh or Taliban or Al-Qaeda or Boko Haram or all of this, they are not Muslim. They're not following the tenets of Islam. They're doing something explicitly not Muslim by killing innocent people who, let's be honest, a lot of times are actually also Muslim. So why do you think this is like, why do you think it is that the world is outraged when, you know, a city in Europe gets attacked by a supposedly Muslim terrorist or any kind of terrorist for that matter, but no one seems to make a peep in what happens in other countries? I think there are uh, many different reasons. And one that stands out to me the most is in groups and out groups. I think that we as Americans in the West, we identify more with um, victims who are white, Christian, or Western. So, you know, we, not you and I, because we're Muslim, but, um, you know, the average American can put themselves in the place of those experiencing these terrorist attacks when they're in the West. But, I mean, if we are, if all lives truly do matter, and I don't mean to use that as an inflammatory statement because I do believe that Black Lives Matter movement is extremely important because no one seems to realize that Black Lives Matter. Yeah. But if we continue to say that all lives matter, duh, all lives matter, but you can't say that and not actually feel that way because they don't. We don't. And, I, and a lot of times I think it also stems from the fact that, you know, they're like, okay, well, it's Muslim on Muslim crime, so it doesn't matter. Mm. And I think is a big, big problem because what they do is condense the Muslims' entire motive for life to one outcome. Oh, Muslims are terrorists, so they want to kill people, right? They don't, I mean, our experience as Muslims in life is completely just one-dimensional to, to outsiders and to people who, you know, perpetuate this mm. Islamic standard of we don't really care what happens to them, blah, blah, blah. Is that and I read this really great article a couple of days ago by um, Fern Lowell, who is a great writer, great thinker. Um, he said the exact, the exact same thing, that they expect the Muslim shooter or the Muslim terrorist or whoever is doing this horrific damage to just like, well, that's about the Muslim experience. So it's just another day. Hmm. You know what's interesting is that the Lahore attacks, 
only let me preface all this by saying we completely condemn it. We do not apologize for it because we have no part in it. I mean, how can we apologize for something that we completely disagree with? And you know, we haven't can't even fathom this kind of mentality. So how can I apologize for that? And if you expect Muslims to, then you need to start apologizing for everybody who does shitty, shitty things. You know, who are also have the same identifiers as you. You know, I I just want to see one Christian apologize for everything that Donald Trump says, because this man claims to be Christian. I mean, he he really claims there was a, a picture that surfaced of him sitting in church Easter morning. Now, we all know that there's like, you know, Easter and Mother's Day Christians. There's OK. But the point is, he claims to be a Christian. And yet he says incendiary things, inflammatory, really just terrifying things about wanting to, you know, be involved in the deportation and and other various sorts of mean things he wants to do to immigrants. I want to see a Christian, you know, say, you know, I'm really, I'm really sorry for the things that Donald Trump says. That doesn't make any sense, of course. I mean, why? Why should they have to? You're not responsible for someone who just shares an identifier with you. Outrageous expectation that people expect out of Muslims, and even more than Donald Trump, people have actually murdered in the name of Christianity, and this does happen. And there's this huge myth out there that no one's ever murdered or taken the name of Christianity and so everything. <laughs> well, open a open a book. I don't know the Crusades <laughs> as oh, an example. Wasn't it a Christian pastor the other day? Wasn't it a Christian pastor who said something oh, like? I'm a prophet of God at the U.S. Capitol. Right. And, you know, we're not hearing a lot about that. I mean, as we did the first day, it took a while the second day in the news. Because, you know, they were thinking it was Muslim. But they found out the guy was a Christian man. And, you know, they can't spin it. So this would be an ongoing news if this man had been Muslim. Mm-hmm. Did, I do not know what would have happened to American Muslims if a Muslim went into the Capitol and shot people. Or had a gun and waved the gun around. We would be in internment camp today. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I think that you touched on a really interesting point when you talked about the in-group and out-group thing. This is a sociological term, you know, which refers to the feeling that there's a them and there's an us. And for your typical American, probably has Christian or Catholic roots, them is everyone who is not white. Or let's please let's not act like there are not black Christians, like what was his name, Carson, Ben Carson, who who have the same kind of ridiculous ideas that Donald Trump do. But just, you know, either, it, you know, it can be either or. They're not white. Um, you know, if a person is not white and or not a Christian and or doesn't subscribe to the Western capitalist mindset, and the list can go on and on. But generally, you know, those kinds of people, they look at other people who are different than them as, you know, just them. That That's them. That's what they do. So there was a bombing in Pakistan. Oh, but there's a bombing in Pakistan every day. So what does that mean that it, it's less tragic because it happens more often? That to me would seem more tragic. I want to know why it is that so many people love Malala Yousafzai and they think that she's so incredible because she is so incredible. And they talk about how amazing she is and how brave she is and, and, and all of this. And Malala Yousafzai is from Pakistan. And everyone talks about how much they love her and what an inspiration she is. But do they realize she comes from a country which has these kinds of things happening all the time? My point is, why do we put people up like this on a pedestal 
who come from suffering and not realize the suffering that they're coming from is happening every day. And it's as tragic as it would be were it happening elsewhere. And that's something I can't understand. But you also said something else that I wanted to kind of uh, wanted you to expound on a little bit, I guess, which is when you said that um, the whole Black Lives Matter thing versus All Lives Matter. I read a really good analogy. It's like there are several people sitting at the table and everyone is served food, but one person and he's like, hashtag, I'm hungry. I would like some food too. And then everybody else says, I'm hungry. Everybody's hungry and wants some food. Well, yeah, but you're not having them. Right. You already have some. We already know that your lives matter. We already feel that way. And whenever a, a Caucasian child goes missing, the world's outraged, but the Hispanic or African American child goes missing, eh, another day. You know, I, I thought it was interesting that um, <laughs> people have made a big joke about this. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. I think it was a man on an Egypt Air flight hijacked the plane saying mm-hmm. that he had a, a, an explosive belt which ended up being fake. But what was his reasoning? Not Islam. He's not sick in the head. He wanted to see his ex-wife who was in Greece and he didn't want to pay for the ticket to get there apparently. (laughs) So I thought it was interesting that for once there was a Muslim man, an Arab Muslim man who hijacked a plane and somehow the media (laughs) didn't spin it as a terrorist. You know? Yeah, so back to the whole Black Lives Matter thing versus All Lives Matter yeah, I think you've made a really good point with that analogy. Yeah, everybody knows that everyone's hungry. Everybody knows that, you know, murder, whether it's one-on-one or on a massive scale or genocide even, is wrong, okay? But where's the outrage when someone or, you know, a large group of someone is killed, you know, purely because of their uh, disagreement with 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 the person who's doing the killing. So, for example, um, you know what what often happens in Iraq or what happens in in Pakistan, for example. Why are they doing this? You know, people like to argue, like what you said, they think it's Muslim on Muslim killing. So, okay, we can't deny the reality that yeah, there have been some, for example, Shia and Sunni killing and Sunni and Shia killing in places like Iraq, for example. Um, but that's not the vast majority, and that's not what you hear about in the in the media. You hear about Especially, I don't know, how long has ISIS been a thing? Probably like a year now? Or it's been, you know, say it again. Probably a couple years now. A couple years? Okay. So before that, it was Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and also Boko Haram likes to kind of surface here and there. Um, I really just feel sometimes like there's this guy sitting in a room, I imagine like an internet troll, and he's sitting in a room, and he hears some news story that happened, and he writes a quick email and says, hi, I'm the leader of ISIS, and I claim, you know, responsibility for this attack that just happened. And I feel like that guy probably doesn't even claim to be Muslim. Like, sometimes I really, I'm not trying to get all conspiracy theory on you here, but sometimes I really feel that way. And, you know, speaking of conspiracy theories, I have actually talked to some Muslims who don't believe ISIS is even real. Like they genuinely believe that it's a construct created by the West, that it's not even, they're not even real. And, and it's just, you know, Western soldiers doing all this killing and bombs and so on and so forth like this. I don't know if I buy that because I feel like if that was the case, one, at least one of the refugees who is running away from these people would have said, no, the guys that I saw bombing us you know, were white and they were wearing this and, you know, like some identifying way we could know that, you know, the person was not, 
you know, from their same culture is what I'm trying to say. So I don't, I feel like that's them trying to distance themselves too much as Muslims away from it. You know, we should distance ourselves, but not deny it outright. That doesn't help the problem. Right, right. That doesn't solve anything. Like, you're creating these wacko conspiracy theories. And in the end, it might be true, but we still have, we still have a problem here as Muslims. Like, no matter what they really are in reality, they're claiming to be Muslim and they're doing things in the name of Islam, quote unquote, that are completely so a million years and a thousand miles away from Islam mm. that we have we have to confront this as Muslims. We have to be open and and take it head on, whether or not you know the conspiracy theories are true. Yeah, and you know I think that. We can't deny the U.S.'s involvement in the entire situation. It's very well known that the U.S. arms race is involved in this, that they are supporting, they have been supporting, um, you know, even as far back as Assad bin Laden. The U.S., there's, this is well documented because of the WikiLeaks situation, how much money was being funneled into these organizations. I'm not saying that they're not being supported by the U.S. government and other governments. I'm just saying that they themselves, the people actually doing these heinous things, are in fact, you know, usually, except for the few people who sort of, as they say, convert and then join up as jihadists or something along those lines, which again is a whole other, you know, topic to handle on that side. But one thing I wanted to point out here and to kind of get your idea on is how easy it is for people to kind of cross that line from a normal practicing middle path Muslim to go and kind of crazy haywire. And I think what I want to do is point out, I don't want you and I to, or all, you know, all American Muslims to propagate more the them and us kind of thinking. I think it's really important as human beings to recognize that we're not better than anyone. So for example, you know, I think that that I'm not better than than a person who's in prison, for example, because I don't know what circumstances in their life led to them choosing to make the choice that they made, you know, which landed them in that situation. And I feel like where I put in the same circumstance with the same set of problems and, and, and the same level of suffering, I can't say I would have done differently because I'm not better than them. So I like to kind of always, you know, keep that on the forefront of my mind is, Whoever these people are out there, these, you know, (laughs) mystery people that are involved in ISIS, they're individual people who came from homes, who have mothers and fathers. A lot of them have children. You know, they are human beings. They're human beings that are doing terrible, terrible things. But they, in some way or other, believe what they're doing is right. And why? Why do they think it's right? And I think that's where we get into the whole question of radicalism. Why and how? Do very normal Muslims suddenly, is it sudden? Do do they suddenly one day get these crazy ideas in their head thinking that this is what Allah wants them to do and why? And and what can we do to combat this kind of situation? You know, I recently read an article about how important the mosque is in stopping radicalization. And, And the people who often do these crazy things don't have any recorded attendance, regular recorded attendance at a mosque. And, and how it actually serves to help cut back on radicalization. So what's your, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, we have to see each other as human beings. Like even, like we're talking about, oh, the West is like a part of the problem, blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, you know, we got to understand that. And not everyone's like that. And we have to keep an open heart. And I think that is the 
interesting thing that that lack was people that they shut down empathy for the other, whether it's Muslim, you know, Muslims like, oh, all these Kafar in the West, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I don't believe that everyone's not a Muslim or the Kafar, but that's a whole other issue. <clears throat> or, you know, on the opposite side where non-Muslims say, oh, all these Muslims are terrorists. It's the same thing. And, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a different side of the same coin and you have to, you have to stop and say, look, you cannot paint everybody with the same brush. And that's what happens to some of these Muslim youth. They feel, you know, they fit the, you know, um, middle class white kid, kind of like nerdy outcast guy who comes to school and shoots everyone mm. because they felt so. They, they you know, if, if any psychologist did a study on these these kids who are going to join ISIS or even ISIS sympathizers, they would find the exact same triggers, the exact same patterns in these children. Because, you know, I knew Omar Hanani, who was the um, American jihadi rapper mm-hmm. before he was And I've written about it and I've, I've spoken about how he came to that path. You know, even though I wasn't a part of it at that point, I didn't know him after that. And he moved to Egypt and, you know, went, got in trouble and found the wrong people. Mm-hmm. But he felt isolated by the society. You know, he was an American. He grew up in Mobile and Fairhope, Alabama. Um, but he felt so isolated and so shunned and he started his heart started hardening towards everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately when that ha- starts to happen, you have to be vigilant against that. You have to be aware of what's happening and you can't polarize people. You can't say us and them at all, period, ever. You can't. He just started to speak about non-Muslims like they weren't even human, and that's the kind of thing that happens on both sides. On both sides, yeah. start to see each other as non-humans, and then any atrocity is is completely within the realm of possibility, and that is horrifying. Yeah, and that's where you get people like, for example, Ted Cruz, who talk about carpet bombing the entire Middle East, and mm-hmm. and and Trump about about you have to with these terrorists, you have to go after their families. Really, though, really, I just think to myself, you know, or, or the many different memes you can find online where it shows like on the, on the one side, you know, a typical Arab looking guy with a turban and his face is covered and he's holding like a green flag with the crescent that says Allahu Akbar and he's holding a Quran and he's like, you know, God wants me to kill all the Kafirs or whatever. And on the other side, it shows a white American army soldier wearing his camouflage, holding his sniper rifle with the American flag behind him, holding a Bible saying, you know, Jesus wants us to kill all the Muslims. I mean, these people are exactly the same. They're exactly the same. They have their religious beliefs as, as like wrong as they are because they're both wrong. Neither Christianity nor Islam approve or accept or, or condone or, encourage the murder of innocent people and the reality is that these people are innocent that that the families of the terrorists are innocent and you know and one might say okay what about you know conspiring to assist by not for example turning them in yeah if you see something you should say something but a lot of the times you always hear about this every time there's some you know crazy terrorist or or you know if he's white they don't call him a terrorist they call him just you know a psychopathic murderer it's always his friends who are like, he was such a nice guy. Like he was such a quiet, nice guy. And it's, they're literally living double lives. Why do we think that a nice white nerdy programmer from San Bernardino, you know, can, can 
you know, have a double life and none of his family can know about it and no one wants to go after his family, but some guy from Riyadh or something, we assume, oh, no, no, his family must surely know and support what he's doing. We have to stop this idiocy of thinking, like what you said, that they're not human because once we accept that they're not human, we can do anything we want to them. We can justify in our minds doing anything we want to them. And I think that that's where things get to be really ugly. So I think it's really important as an American Muslim, you know, being able to see both sides of the coin to keep ourselves, to kind of keep a cool mind as much as we can, keep a calm mind and keep ourselves, you know, reminded of the beautiful values in this country, the beautiful values that Americans have. For example, commitment to honesty, a hard work ethic. Um, sharing and like just openness and acceptance. Oh, everybody and also, for example, I don't even know what the word is for this. I would guess I would say common courtesy, opening doors for each other, waiting in line, waiting your turn. There are many beautiful values in our American culture that we love to embrace as American Muslims. And at the same time, embracing our Muslim identity as well. And, and seeing that sometimes the Muslim identity and the American identity have to compromise. And, and as Muslims, we should always choose, you know, Islam. And, and I think that it's important for people to understand that, that, that that's, it's very possible. And Islam is for all cultures. We touched on a really important point for me is that, you know, we hear some Muslims who live in the East who have this really one-dimensional view of Westerners and, and they're demonized. And the same thing happens in the West that, you know, we collapse the characters of Muslims in their lives and they're, you know, very real and human experience to one-dimensional people and you know we have to stop and I think that that's really the premise of this entire blog is that you know the West is not wrong the West is not entirely wrong yes America like American politics foreign politics horrifying like and a lot of Americans don't even realize what is being done in their name I would say 99% of Americans do not know but the East is like it's a democracy so they obviously know they want this to happen blah 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 so they demonize the West well, then the left is like, well, we see what they're doing over there in reaction to something we don't know, even know that's happening. So they're all, they're, they're just bloodthirsty, blah, blah, blah. So when we, I guess, condense some entire group of people to Harlequin or just like this Paperson character, it's so easy to and not understand anything or any of their historical background or where they're coming from, it's so easy to misunderstand them and villainize them. Mm. And that is what's happening, and it's escalating, escalating, escalating. And I think that people need to so urgently just understand that we're, we're both, both sides, we're human beings. And I think that you and I kind of bridge that gap, and we need to get that message out there that Americans or Westerners are just trying to live their lives. They're trying to do the best they can. You know, they have their own problems. Same thing about Muslims, you know, they're just trying to live their lives, they're just trying to do the best they can, but the people who have power are trying to sweep us all up into their their little games they're playing. Mm. That's a really that's a really valid point to make, that people in power like to try to sort of amplify the differences between us, when in reality there's very little difference between us. And you know, one of the things I noticed is that in my travels in Egypt and in India and in South Korea, most people, I would go ahead and say, like, I think what you said, 99%, 99% of the people I met are good, 
kind-hearted people, and they don't have any hatred in their heart for America. They're confused by American politics, especially foreign policy within America. But in general, they know and they have like a basic understanding that American people are not personally responsible for the idiocy of the choices that that our government makes. And they don't they don't want to see us dead. They don't want to hurt us. Nothing, nothing. I never felt unsafe in any of the countries I traveled in as an American. Never once, because the people themselves are kind and, and, and they just believe in the kindness of people. And I think that the truth is most Americans are actually kind people. I feel like the this entire campaign right now, the, the Trump and Ted Cruz campaign right now and, and Marco Rubio before he dropped out. I feel like it's amplifying something that's not real. I think I think I feel like it's exaggerating something that's not real. I don't think I mean, yeah, okay, I, I see that the numbers can't lie. Yes, there are people obviously voting for Trump. And I don't know if there's like some witchcraft involved. Like <laughs> I'm not joking, but I don't know what is going on. Some hypnotism. I'm not sure what's going on. But I feel like most Americans really are don't don't think that way. Most Americans don't actually believe that all Muslims are terrorists. If we let the internet and social media define for us what we think other human beings really feel like, we're just being deluded. Those are trolls that intentionally like to make people have a bad day. But I think in reality, if we get out there and we talk to actual people, which we intend to do on this podcast, talk to actual Muslims and non-Muslims and people interested in Islam and people who are dedicated to their own faith, Americans and Muslims, because we're the American Muslim website, um, you know, you'll find that most people are good and they have good hearts and, and they want to see the best, you know, in their lives and in the lives of their neighbors. And, and we're all neighbors, really, because let's be honest, we only have one earth and there's really, I mean, you can't really get too far and it's an interdependent world. We need each other. I love these memes I've been seeing recently that talk about the Muslim who is driving you to the hospital and the Muslim who's treating you and the Muslim who's, you know, um, giving you your medication and, you know, all of this. And when people like to make the comment, like, why are the Muslims not, you know, um, making a rally cry against what's happening and so on. And it's like, well, they've got jobs. <laughs> they're They're taking care of you when you're hurt in a protest. Like, they're, they're, they're normal people that we're, we're, we're just normal people, you know, and, and right. I don't understand what this whole Fox News myth is. What is up from Muslims? Like literally I ever seen an article saying, you know, I condemn blah, 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 et cetera, horrified by this and have been since day one. 70,000 Muslim clerics just in India have condemned. Everyone I know has condemned these acts. There is an outcry. I just feel like there's a lot of fiction that's involved in this. I feel like, as is the case, we're going to keep on reiterating this, but in every podcast and in the articles we write, the solution to this problem is education because fear has its root in ignorance. If you just know more about what other people believe, you're not afraid of them anymore. And I think that the way to dispel ignorance through education, the best way to do it is one-on-one human to human. If it has to be through a computer, so be it. But through writing books, through writing articles, through speaking one-on-one with a person, I can't tell you how many times I've had normal people 
just everyday Americans have the courage to ask me a question about my religion. And I just want to kiss them if that wasn't weird, you know, just like I just want to hug them and just be like, thank you so much for asking me. Thank you for having the courage to ask me, you know, and and, and not those kind of people who want to be rude. You know, do you ever take that thing off your head? Do you, do you shower with it on? You know, not those not that crazy kind of stuff, but just re- regular people who really want to know, you know, and, and, and who feel kind of afraid because let's be honest here you and I were not always Muslim there came a point where we had to have the courage to ask the question what do Muslims actually believe we had to actually ask a Muslim we had to actually read what Muslims really believe and we each of us have our own journeys people can read about um, on Islam which um, if they go to the about us page they'll find out more about each of us and so I mean I feel like we could talk for hours on this topic alone, just on not demonizing other human beings and and the reality that all lives do matter and Muslim lives matter too and Hindu lives and, you know, like, and we could go on and on and we have to kind of, you know, cut ourselves off here. Uh, we don't want this to go on and on forever, but we're really excited about this podcast. We're excited about kind of moving in a different direction with Islam, which getting out there into the world of podcasting and interviewing people that we both really, you know, um, are inspired by people that we can learn from. And you guys out there, we want to hear from you. If you have any questions, if you want to be in contact with us, uh, if you want us to interview you, if you have a topic that you think would be really beneficial or any questions that you'd like to discuss with us, we're totally open. Uh, you can contact us at islamwich at yahoo.com. That's I-S-L-A-M-W-I-C-H at yahoo.com. You can follow us at our website, islamwitch.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can pen with us on Pinterest. You can follow us on Twitter, and our handle is at islamwitch. As always, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, salam and take care. Salam, bye.